Welcome to the Mums King Matter podcast, where we explore the multifaceted experiences of women and mothers and why it's vital to truly look after ourselves. As mothers, we are doing one of the most important and challenging jobs, raising the next generation. I'm your host, Lucy. I'm the birth recovery coach, coach for mums, perinatal specialist, personal trainer, yoga teacher, and matrescence coach, working with women to make sense of their motherhood experience. It is my desire to help mums like you step into your power and rise as the change makers that we are. Just because society doesn't acknowledge the value of what mothers do, it doesn't mean we can't value ourselves. In my spare time, I love hanging out with my beautiful daughter, reading and writing poetry, long walks in nature, and a good soul-nourishing dance. Today on the podcast, I am talking to Fee McQuay, co-founder of Becoming Mums, and I'm so excited to talk to you, Fee. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. And I know that we could talk for ages about all sorts of things, but I have some questions for you. So to begin with, please, can you tell us a bit about you as a woman and mother, your background, what makes you you, how old your kids are, and what you do for paid work as well as being a mum. And there's no pressure to remember all of that, but yeah, <laughs> just a bit about you. <laughs> okay, um, my name is Fee. I am a mother of two children, both girls. Uh, one is nearly seven, the other one's just turned five. Um, I am a part-time photographer. I, oh gosh, what else do I do? I'm on the PA at school. I co-founded Becoming Mums when, uh, with my amazing friend and business partner, Beth, when our babies were about six months old, which was born out, I I feel like I was very blessed to have not experienced um, mental ill health when I had my babies, but I had severe anxiety. I was very, I had a, my eldest was a crier. So she really didn't like being in the pram or being outside or getting changed or really, really a lot of things. So it sort of led to a a huge amount of anxiety very, very quickly. I had trouble with a latch with her and, and feeding and all sorts of stuff. And I remember feeling in hospital and this is no slant on midwives because I think midwives are some of the greatest people out there. But I remember mm. feeling very alone and very scared. Mm. You know, there were women around me crying in the ward. People were having difficulties getting their babies off to sleep. Obviously, it's early days. Your milk hasn't come in. Nobody mm. knows what they're doing. <laughs> Even if you yeah. have multiple children, you still it's still a grapple, you know? Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, and I remember thinking where is everybody? Where's the, where's the connection? Where's the, you know, the sort of the groups that are supposed to be Mm. there. People talk about the village, they talk about your community, but there's a very visceral feeling of feeling both out of your comfort zone as um, a woman that's just Mm. had a baby, but also in terms of your community and your network, you feel very different from your friends and your family, you're experiencing something that's really hard to explain to somebody else. So I sort of, I let the feeling sit with me for a while and and carried on as best I could. And I was really lucky to have met Beth uh, when we were both pregnant at an active birth Mm. workshop. And we got on really well. There was like an instant chemistry between the two of us, instant spark. Mm. And 
she's a um one of her many hats she's a theater producer and i'd seen something with my sister which is an amazing piece of theater about two women's experiences having babies mm. uh and then at the end of it they're very well-known actresses actually um and at the end of it, they opened the floor to questions. And the questions that people had weren't about the play. It was, I'm returning to work, but I'm still breastfeeding. What do I do? And yeah, I, I'm i feeling really lonely. Where is everybody? And I just thought, all these people, they had to then eventually, the security had to come in and say, sorry, everybody, but the space is being used. Um, wow. We have, you know, we have to, we have to leave. It's a very well-known theatre. And I said to my sister afterwards, I was like, this is, this is awful. You know, yeah. where is everybody? So we started something. Mm. I sort of suggested something to Beth and she said, let's start something of our own. And that's a huge part of, you know, you sort of talk about who I am. That's a huge part yeah. of me, that kind yeah. of sense of community and bringing people together. And I I sort of talk about becoming mum as being my third child, but I, mm. I really believe that it is. I feel passionately about community and, yeah, I think... Yeah, that's it's hard. It's hard. I feel like I'm sort of rambling on a bit, but that's a huge part of who I am, which is I really believe yeah. in the strength of people. Yeah. Working together. Yeah. Um, did I answer any of your questions? I feel like I just you rambled. Did. No, gosh, not at all. No, you answered it so beautifully. And uh, I don't wish to correct you in any way. Like everything you say is valid and nothing is is too much. Um, but we can often say sorry I'm rambling a lot um yes and it takes a while it does take a while to correct like I'll I'll find myself doing it and then yeah but no that that was wonderful to hear all about you and actually you've made me realize that my business is like my second child mm. yeah yeah because it means so much to me but mm. um listening to all you've said and even though I, I have heard you tell that story about being in the theatre after and the, well, the whole thing and the questions after, um, it still gives me goosebumps. It still makes me feel emotional because I totally relate and I totally understand why there would have been endless questions and women wanting to be seen and valid, validated and, and potentially helped to feel a little bit more grounded in the experience that can be so uprooting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. that's just one, one word for it, but yeah, wonderful to hear, um, about you and also your sort of depicting time, time on the ward, I'm sure is going to be familiar to many. It's a, yeah. it's, it's a strange time, isn't it? Because we've all got our varying experiences of birth, whether that's mm. vaginal, whether it's C-section, whether it's at home, mm. water birth, mm. but I feel like there's a real common thread, which is that sort of feeling of vulnerability we Mm. all have a feeling that it can come instantly or it can take a while maybe when people have gone and you're sort of left alone but I I feel that everybody who's had every person that's had a baby has experienced that at some point they feel really vulnerable and it's extremely exposing um and it's very isolating and if we we I know that we're very um lucky to live in a country we have the NHS and but as we all know funding is cut so severely across the board with services especially Mm. for mothers parents with children and unless you have money to pay for a Mm. class to go to and they are lovely classes I have nothing against them they are lovely but if you are 
literally just trying to make ends meet and you're and you're just having enough food on the table what are you you're let you're on your own you're by yourself if you don't have family members or a community around you and a lot of people don't they've moved over here or they've moved for work and then suddenly they're on their own and I feel really passionately about making something accessible fully accessible not something where you know you have to pay pay even if it's even if it's very very small something we have to pay at all and there there are places for that I absolutely believe that something should be paid for but I also Mm. think there is something like this that should be free so we we try really hard to keep everything free apart from ad hoc courses and that's a nominal charge because you know Mm. somebody said you're only ever three paydays away from a food bank and I and it stays with me that your circumstances can change overnight um and you know things like this are a lifeline you know these these drop-in children's centers and these these things that have been cut are people's lifelines and yeah yeah it's something I feel really passionately about and it makes me cross when I you know, new rollouts from the government come and yeah. services have been pulled. It makes me, I won't go on about that because it does get me, does get me quite wound up. But yeah, it's yeah. something that I feel very strongly about, I would say. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. And I think I've spoken about this in another episode of mine about emotions that society can find tricky. A lot of people can find tricky. And I think sadness or anger and sadness and anger are just two of them, but there is healthy anger. There is healthy anger mm. that helps to express our sadness really that's underneath that. But I hear you on how enraged one can feel and it's a lot. It's a lot to contain that emotion because of the injustice, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And um it's I it's, think what's oh, good No, sorry. No, you carry, carry on. on. Um I was n- you go you go no you're my guest please (laughs) no I just I was gonna say it's only it seems to be the maternity services that seem to be continually cut it's the it's the things that you know can can go without really people noticing because what do parents have very little of time we have very little time so the injustice of having things taken away well it's something we just have to grin and bear because we don't have the the time to invest in in why we don't have the time to write to our local mp we don't they know that we don't they know that we don't have the reason they know that we don't have the time so it's quite easy to pull that because we are parents and mothers are already on the very cusp we're invisible to society we don't exist how many times have we walked down a street and just not notice somebody struggling with their pram or their toddler or mm, you know we're mm-hmm. just we're just I mean I'm not saying from my experience because I I noticed them <laughs> very very obviously yeah. now but yeah. you know it's just it's it's an easy way to save money we are easy to cut and yeah. um it makes me very cross <laughs> yeah yeah it is so fucked up and mm. it makes me really emotional just talking about it yeah for sure and um I think I was on a on a call the other day and um with a bunch of women that I've studied with and uh I was just saying how criminal it is to have not been supported better during the pandemic you know for mums to have been expected to give birth alone it literally like frustrates me to my absolute core frustration is just like a mild version of it it's mm. so so deeply wrong mm. um so yeah I just love everything you stand for as you know and and for the listeners it it might be helpful to know that like I love what you do because it's similar to me but also I love attending as a mum and 
I'm not shy to say like it was so gorgeous when I went to the Christmas bauble making workshop mm-hmm. um I I cried mm. because it brought back memories of my early motherhood and I wished I had something similar to go to in a way I did there was a gorgeous group that I went to but seeing the connection and feeling the sort of the hoogly coziness of that made me just sad for my former mummy self for mm. my new mummy self mm. and it was really lovely to have a hug from Beth and to process that yeah um so it's it's really incredible and I'm so grateful for for me and all all the people that you serve yeah well, yeah thank you and it's it's actually interesting that you raise that because we do have um people who do come sometimes with their mums or their aunties or their sisters and oft, if mm. we like we, we often have a, well, the last two years we've had a stand at Waterfest or we'll be at sort of ad hoc things. And the amount of people that come, and it's often actually, we do get a lot of obviously mothers and parents that come to the stand and they will talk to us. But we also get a lot of older, second generational mm. parents yeah. who come and say, the amount, if I could have a penny for every time someone had said, I wish you had yes. been around when I had my baby. I mean, it, I mean, there's so many people and they all have a story. Everyone has a story. And I love, yes. just like you, Lucy, because you're amazing. You listen to stories and you just so lovely. It's such a lovely way, you know, holding Thank that space you. for somebody and mm. letting somebody tell their story is actually half mm. of the battle because some of those people have never expressed how hard mm. they found parenting and motherhood. Mm. It's just something that they had to get on with. Well, that's how yep. we did it in my day. And yeah, it was yeah. isolating and yes, it was hard, but oh, I just had to crack on. And and that that's so wrong. You know, that's mm. that shouldn't be like that. All that emotion that they feel. I spoke mm. to um she's a social prescriber for a GP surgery just outside of Reading. And I went to go drop some leaflets off uh, as part of our sort of outreach. And she invited me in for a meeting and she cried in the meeting. She cried very openly and she said, you know, I had postnatal depression and it wasn't really understood fully then. And I was medicated, Mm. but I wasn't really present. And Mm. she got so upset and she was like, I, she was like, what can I do to, to, to signpost for you more? And, you know, there's a lot of people out there with just, with all these stories. So I want to stop the stories and we want to hold the space and create a new Mm. wave of, of understanding and community because that's what, that's what we need. Mm, We really do. We really do. And I sometimes say this, um, in my work and I suppose on my social media, but sometimes it blows my mind that it's 2024 and this hasn't Mm. been tended to sooner, but also I'm so grateful and honored and privileged that it is a time where I am able to help, you know, Mm. because I'm like, what? You can put a man on the moon, but we don't know much about supporting parents. Are you fucking joking me? (laughs) Yeah. But like, you know, um, but yeah, it's about time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's just, you know, the the organization that I absolutely love pregnant men screwed do such Mm. fantastic work with, um, you know, highlighting the injustices and fighting discrimination and education and rallies and protests and changing mandates, you know, and changing policies. And I feel like there's this, as you said, there's this kind of wave of anger that's really mm. has been percolating for quite some time and now it's mm. it's risen to the surf- surface and it can manifest some people can find themselves that they're really angry about how they were treated at work some people are yeah. angry about 
towards their partner. Maybe they feel like it's not balanced. Some people feel mm. anger about, you know, the cost of childcare. But I feel like a lot of mothers and parents have anger. And it's yes. sort of, it's, yeah. it's, it takes work to understand where that's coming from and, yeah. and how we can deal with that. But I think it's really important that we address that and, yeah. and talk about this widespread this widespread anger so that you're right so that in a healthy way we can address it and and move mm. on and change things but mm. it's um anger is one of those things that can be all consuming it's a signpost mm. isn't it to something that's much deeper and yeah. it's really really hard to work through that and it's re- it's hard both both in time wise because it takes a lot of time but it's also hard emotionally yes yes oh that makes me think how well, of two things. Um, I don't know if you know the work of Dr. Sophie Brock. Uh, she's no. a motherhood sociologist and she talks about, well, she talks about sacred rage. And I, when I heard her talk about that, I was like, wow, that is the name for what one can feel mm. as a parent of the different injustices. Um, and I think it's helpful to acknowledge it as sacred rage because, again, society isn't comfortable with anger, even rage, of course, but like to know that it comes from a place where it is valid, mm. it really is always valid. You know, mm. of course, when it's when it's um, physical and aggressive, it can be scary and, and, and not helpful, but that emotion is telling us something. Um, mm. And the other thing is I was thinking about the emotion surfacing. It can often feel quite tiring. Like if I've had a big cry or if I felt a lot of emotion, that has caused a stirring in my body where afterwards, ideally... I could do with going for a walk in nature or maybe having an exercise session where I get that out of my body in some way. Mm. And sometimes we don't obviously have that opportunity and we might go straight back into parenting and we need to just go gently with ourselves because a lot has come up. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You've got, you, it needs some place to go, whether that's yeah. a sort of a discussion that you're having with somebody yeah. or it's an exercise and you're creating endorphins or you're channeling yes. it into art or something creative. It's yeah. Anger doesn't go away by itself. Mm, (laughs) it it, it, you think it does you think oh okay Mm. I've well I felt anger and then I had a cup of tea and I feel better it's like actually what it's done is it's just gone somewhere else you know you you need somewhere you need somewhere for it to you need to come up and deal with it it's one of you know I had Mm. I had a um my mum died when I was very when I was about 22 and I had a lot of rage that I didn't even realize was there it was Mm. just sort of present all the time and it would pop up every now and then and I would behave quite strangely to certain things and it wasn't until I had therapy for a long time that I learned that Mm. you know you cannot push these things away they have a habit of coming back and a habit of changing how your your certain types of behaviors you have to be able to sit with the emotion and to be able to learn how to deal with it and that's that's really difficult that's you know that's really hard um and I feel very privileged that I was in that position I was able to pay for therapy I know that everybody can't but um Mm. the benefit that I you know I changed as a person um yes for for having that so I feel I feel very lucky in that instance but I'm also I feel like I'm much better to I'm I'm in a much better position to be able to uh recognize when I'm feeling angry and be able to deal with it but mm. that comes with practice and, and it doesn't always work. My husband 
often (laughs) bears the brunt or a friend or my sister, you know, somebody, uh, you know, but those people are the ones that know me and they say there's something, there's something else going on here. Yeah. You know, let's talk about it, but it doesn't, you know, sometimes it's, it just manifests its way in other ways. And it's sometimes it's a bit too late. (laughs) They've had a bit of an eruption, but that's okay. We're all learning, aren't we? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then that obviously, I would imagine, as I feel this does, um, benefits you as a parent being able to hold your children's emotions, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, and when it's, we work on our own. Well, yeah. it's it's a trigger, isn't it? Yeah. It's all, everything's yeah. a trigger. So we talk about the word, everyone keeps talking about the word, this in social media, trigger, trigger. What, 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 what is a trigger? A trigger is something that makes you feel something inside. Mm. And quite often our kid will be having a tantrum or they'll be shouting Mm. or something's happened. And then suddenly you feel a reaction and you think, Mm. Oh, that was, Oh, I felt really cross about that. Why did I feel cross? And that's, that's, that's really challenging because in that moment you want to hold that space for them, but you also just want them to put on their pajamas and get into bed. But, (laughs) but, but, you know, we don't, we don't have the luxury of time of going, Oh, that was an interesting outburst. I wonder why I felt like that, Mm. you know, Mm. but it's, it's that point of reflection. You keep, it's, it's good to reflect on the times and we're only ever trying to be better we can't yeah. be perfect parents. We just want to improve on, on what we've done maybe that day or that hour. But yeah. yeah, they are mirrors of us and they will bring up feelings that inside us that we didn't know we had and memories that we had forgotten about. Yes, um, yes. That, you know, is really important. I, I, I had a very lovely childhood, but I sometimes think, oh, I remember, like I'm funny about time. I do not like being mm. late. As you know, I get very anxious mm. about being late. And I know yeah. that comes back to my dad because my dad yeah. still hates being late. Um, and, you know, we joke about it and I say, that's a complex you gave me and now I can't, you know, but it does. Yeah. There, there are things that mm-hmm. that remind you of your of your childhood. Mm-hmm. And it's some of them are good and some of them not so good, but yeah. they're, they're us. They make, there's parts of us, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I love where this has gone and where this is going. Um, <laughs> next question. So I, I've written down what led you to set up Becoming Mums, but you've mm. spoken about that a little bit already. But I think what would be nice to touch on is, um, and this isn't to criticise other things that exist and are doing their best, of course, to support mums. But I think what I found really gorgeous and unique about Becoming Mums is the honesty you know, there isn't any toxic positivity or, yeah, it's just such a safe space. It's so honest and so raw and real because we don't have to gloss over and pretend that we love every moment of mm. motherhood. It's challenging. And I think the more space there is provided for mums and dads about that of any generation, the better, mm. because then we can heal and then we can progress. Mm. Yes, I think you're abs- that's absolutely right. I think I feel like something that we sort of we're very careful with the wording that we use we say that we are peer-to-peer support you know we Mm. are we are not psychologists we do not have therapy Mm. backgrounds we come very much at it we have Beth is a facilitator um so she's she's very very good at sort of um creating exercises or activities that we can kind of all work on uh Mm. but the space is very much created by the people that come 
So, you know, they'll say, oh, I'm struggling with confidence or I'm struggling with this. So we will create something for the next session that's around that. And it's, yeah, I think it's, Mm. when you say support uh, group, some people think, oh, it's in a room, in a grey room with chairs all facing each other and we all have to take it in turns to speak. And that can feel really daunting Mm -hmm. walking through where Mm -hmm. you don't know anybody and if like me you had a child that would cry every moment you think oh my god what happens if my child cries what happens if my child does a poonami what happens if I they're screaming because they can't feed you know it's a space that we have the children there there are there's provision for them there's play mats there's toys and then there's chairs and cake and coffee Mm. and they can walk up and down and they can they can Mm. chat if they've got stuff they want to get off their chest they can talk if they just want to sit and just be outside of their house in a different place they can do that as well you know there is no there's no uh requirement for anybody to say anything that they don't want to um Mm. even if you've just got out of the house and you just want to sit down somewhere else that's not your living room and staring at the same four walls then that is your space so yeah yeah, it's something we really strive to to create for people, that it's not daunting. Mm. We're really friendly. It's not judgmental. It's very much mm. uh, we support whatever it is. Everyone parents differently, don't they? Everyone parents. Yeah. It's a beautiful tapestry of life that everybody's different. And that's what makes yes. up an amazing, amazing um, array of parents, of parents, especially what how we do it in Reading. But, mm. you know, it's it's a space that, they can use however they like. So when we say yeah. support, it's we give you support. It's not a typical support group. Yeah, yeah. And you and Beth do that so beautifully. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's something yeah. It's something we work with. It's continuous improvement because since COVID, everything, you know, people have changed how they do stuff. Services have been stripped. More people are working because, of, you know, cost of living crisis. Yes. So we're sort of trying yes. to accommodate as many people, but we have two separate groups on two different days in the month that they can mm. come to. So we, we try to, and we do socials throughout the year. So we try to kind of move it around people yeah, and, 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 and make it easy to make it easy for people to attend, but it doesn't, it doesn't work all the time, but it's something that we constantly having meetings about or we're voicing each other. We've got ideas. So I'm very yeah. proud of us. It's a very, it's a very um, fulfilling and yeah. enriching part of my life. And I really love what we do. Mm, I bet. And I'm glad you're proud. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask, um, what would you say is maybe one or two of the main kind of comments that you might get, get back from people in the way of feedback of how they benefit from it? That's a really good question. I would say, most people just want to talk. They just mm. want to be heard. You know, they have mm. something, they don't want a parent-in-law or a grandparent yes. or somebody in yes. Tesco's saying, you know, something judgmental. They just they just want to say, I'm really tired or yeah. I'm feeling quite neglected or I'm feeling really mm. frustrated. They don't want anybody to fix it. How many times mm. do people say, well, have you tried this? Do this. I mean, wait for somebody to ask if they want your advice or they want your help because yes. most often they don't. <laughs> yes. They oh, don't want, yes, I hear they you. want 
it's also extremely disempowering for somebody to present a problem and then you say I know what you need to do you need to do this that's not what they want to work through the options Mm. with you about finding the best solution if at all sometimes Mm. they just Mm want to put it somewhere they just want to put it on the table and Mm. go oh god I feel so much better thank you for listening and that's what we we hear the most which is I just felt like I was being listened to non-judgmentally Oh, that's the that's amazing. the most the most I would say and also people really yeah. like the fact that it's um uh a, a space where they can just have a little bit of time back for themselves so whether that's just a bit of quiet or it's not yeah. always quiet with the kids but a bit of sort of uh time where they can sit down and their kids occupied where they can just yeah. have some process and they might have had a difficult drop off with their eldest or they might have had an argument with somebody or they might be worried about something at work it's a time where they can come and just just sit with with their thoughts and not have to think about much else yeah they're probably the two biggest things I would say Mm, and that's so so powerful so so powerful isn't it yeah um yeah I feel like if I remember back to the group that I went to when Tilly was a baby, it's very similar to becoming mums. And just to clarify, Tilly grew up um, the first uh, three years of her life uh, was living in Brighton and Hove. So I went to a se- yeah sessions in Brighton and Hove. Actually, there were there were different groups. Well, the same setup but different um, locations. And I remember it just being so wonderful, so freeing to know that you didn't have to chase your baby around a cafe or somewhere that was like soft play and um, yeah. the fact that the children could all play independent, independently or together until he might crawl off and like steal an in inverted commas someone else's toy or someone <laughs> else's baby might come over and, and like mm. crawl on me. And it was all super accepting. There wasn't any judgment. Mm. There wasn't any, oh, sorry, they've done this. Like, mm. yeah, it was all really accepting. And that's, mm. that's exactly the vibe I get and I see and I witness at, at becoming mums and it's it's really precious as you say to be held and I'm really passionate about what you said about people not giving advice unless they're asked because mm. we can get and like Tilly's nine and you can you can still get that at any stage of motherhood and I would love mm. it to be like a public service announcement please don't give advice unless you're asked <laughs> because you know yeah it's just it's so common isn't it yeah yeah absolutely it's like what also what makes you think your advice is appropriate mm-hmm. in that instance you're not you know you're not Yoda like yeah <laughs> give them a chance it's not it's not yeah. your place so yes absolutely <laughs> I think that group that you went to sounds lovely and that's yeah, yeah, that sounds very similar to the kind of environment that we try mm. to create. Mm. Yeah. 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 And I think in in the episode of my podcast that I've recorded about my journey with my skin, that was a key time where people would fucking give me advice when I didn't want it. And I'm like, <laughs> I just don't trust you. I just don't care. I don't yeah. care whether you think it's allergies or the products I'm using or whatever fucking dermatologist stuff. Mm. Just know. <laughs> isn't it Please. funny how people just especially I feel like with motherhood and parenting everybody they're like arseholes everybody's got an opinion we don't all want to know about them (laughs) you know I understand I understand that you that's how you did it well done on you excellent I hope your relationship with your child is just as good um but actually I'm I'm not interested I'm not in that position but it's like it's like you're just you're open to criticism (laughs) from anybody they feel like they have a place in saying how you should be raising your children and oh here I go again I feel like I'm raging the earrings are coming off (laughs) (laughs) I love 
love it. I love it. No, it's brilliant. It's such a part of our, us, isn't it? Isn't it's it? Discussion. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's yeah. just all the time. So no judgment. That's what we do. No judgment. And yeah, I feel mm. like I feel very lucky to do what I do and to mm. have the people in my life that I do. I'm very fussy about the people that I carry with me. And um, yeah, yeah I, I feel like it's very... I just feel very lucky. I feel like I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a good spot with the kind of the choices that I've, that I've made, not always perfect, but, um, Mm. and I hope that that translates to becoming mums. I think it does. Yeah. 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 Oh, lovely. (laughs) So my last question is how do you truly look after yourself as a mum of two, a partner, et cetera? What nourishes you? That's a really good question. I've gotten better. I've gotten much better. I play, netball on a Monday which I love Brilliant. yeah it's really fun I do it with some mums mm. from school who are all really great so I do that because I found that exercise is actually a really good and it's really friendly it's not competitive at all we don't even keep score it's just the kind of you know back to netball oh. it's a plug for back to netball um but I re- yeah I really like it um but I also spend a lot of time with my friends like I just said I'm quite fussy about who I spend time my time with uh, yeah. that's very protected and I've Good been burnt. Yeah, I've been burnt a couple of times in the past, so I take it very slowly. Mm. But those women that I keep around me, they are predominantly women, um, are very precious to me and I would mm. do absolutely anything for them. Uh, and I know yeah. that they would for me as well. But also more recently, I it was my birthday a little while ago and I asked for a paddleboard from my family. So they all clubbed <sighs> together and they got me a paddleboard and I've bought a wetsuit and I'm going to, get out on the on the rivers and the lakes like I've wanted to for years Brilliant. yep yes. and and get out with my dog I'm going to train her up with a little oh. life jacket yeah and get out and do some paddle boarding oh. so it's not perfect I still feel very overstimulated sometimes and exhausted but I have it's a work in mm. progress I feel like I'm working on it and mm. I'm I am getting better mm wonderful yeah. oh that's so lovely to hear about and I hear you it is a practice isn't it yeah yeah it is it is a practice um, you have to keep reminding yourself don't you you're like hang on hang on yeah. haven't done anything for me yeah. so you know scheduling it in yeah. um yes but yes it's it's I've definitely improved because it used to just be like oh I'll do it another time but I've definitely pri- started to prioritize myself more yeah great good for you yeah thank you and <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> totally. And um, it's not really a question, but it would be lovely if you'd like to share a bit more about becoming mums and anything that you have that people can kind of look up or perhaps come to if they're in the local area. Oh, thank you. Um, so we can find all the information on our website, which is becomingmums.com. And we're on Instagram and Facebook. We have a page on Facebook, um, which has all of our sort of... Um, uh events that are coming up and all our information but we also have a closed facebook group which is called face uh, which is called becoming mums community which you can join and that's a bit more of a discussion sometimes people wanting advice or people that have a problem or you know that sort of thing um but we have two groups a month the dates vary but it tends to be fairview which is a community center just off oxford road in reading that's the first thursday of the month and another one at hexham road in whitley which is on the 
Sammy's going to kill me because I've got the I've probably got the dates wrong. Sorry, Sammy. The third, <laughs> she's our amazing social media manager, um, but I can't, I'm not very good with detail. So that's on the I think on the third Friday of every month on Hexham Road, and mm-hmm. it's free. You don't have to book. You don't have to tell us that you're coming. If you're nervous, then mm-hmm. absolutely give us a shout, and we'll we'll meet you at the door. Uh, but it's free to mm-hmm. attend. Bring your kids. You don't have to just come and have a cup of tea. You can come and have a sit in somewhere warm, have a have a, a piece of cake, but the space is for you. It's very much for you. There's no prerequisite to learn any nursery rhymes. We do not do that. <laughs> um, Brilliant. But yeah, that's all our information. Wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for what you do. And thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's been wonderful. And I'm sure there will be more episodes of us and yeah, Beth as well. But yeah, thank you, Fee. It's been amazing. Thank you, Lucy. It's been brilliant. Your voice is very um, mellifluous. I often listen to you on on my dog walks and very, you have very dulcet tones. So thank you for the podcast and inviting me on as well. <laughs> Aw, thank you. <laughs> And here is a poem I would love to share with you. Because poetry means a lot to me. I write poetry, I read it a lot, and I've chosen specific poems for each episode, so I hope you enjoy them. Instead of a poem, Fee wanted me to share this, which is a part of a letter from Caitlin Moran, written to her daughter Lizzie Moran. And it's from a book by Sean Usher called Letters of Note, Mothers. Babyist, see as many sunrises and sunsets as you can. Run across roads to smell fat roses. Always believe you can change the world, even if it's only a tiny bit. Because every tiny bit needed someone who changed it. Think of yourself as a silver rocket. Use loud music as your fuel books like maps, and coordinates for how to get there. Host extravagantly, love constantly, dance in comfortable shoes, talk to Daddy and Nancy about me every day and never, ever start smoking. It's like buying a fun baby dragon that will grow and eventually burn down your fucking house. Love, Mummy. Thank you for listening to the Mums King Matter podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me at The Birth Recovery Coach on social media or contact me via my website. The link is in the show notes. In the meantime, if you'd like to know more about my coaching offering, hop onto my website and book a free discovery call. Sending you love and peaceful wishes. Until next time, look after you.